0: Jim Nance, thank you for the introduction there. Hey, Merry Christmas. Hope everyone had an awesome Christmas with family, friends. Hope you guys had a good chance to spend some time with people you love and enjoy. And here we go. Gary Woodland. Here is my next guest. Of course, he won the U.S. Open. We all know about 2019 at Pebble Beach. His first win in 2011 was at Valspar down there in Tampa. And that's what got him into bigger events like Tigers World Challenge at the time at Sherwood. That's actually where I met Gary Witham. We've known each other for almost 10 years, and I've written for so many stories for the hometown paper in Topeka, Kansas, Uh, so many, many times I've written about him at the British Open over there in St. Andrews 2015. I mean, we have talked at many different events across the world. Finally got him on the podcast. It was great stuff here. This is a really insightful thing with him. Here's the other thing. I want to make sure you guys get an idea of his passion. And he loves one of his things outside of golf. He loves his Kansas basketball. He went to Kansas, he played basketball before he went there. Man, this guy, <laughs> we had to ask him what it was like, what it's like watching games with his three kids around. How scared they get with his reactions. His answer to that is priceless. You're gonna love what he has to say. We get into it with Gary Wilden here, superstitions, he's unbelievable when it comes to that. Uh, but before we do, Encore Golf, my sponsor, uh, check out their website, EncoreGolf.com. They have some great golf balls, you can check out the Avant, you can check out the Elixir. I've been using the Vero X1, and it's added 15 yards to my drive, I'm not kidding you. I was playing on Tuesday at Argyle Country Club, an awesome place here in Maryland, and I was literally like, what is happening here? I'm in different second shots, I'm not used to having less club on some of these holes. So it was huge to have that. you got an enlarged core there and it's also good for feel around the greens and on the greens too. So check out EncoreGolf.com as well as Instagram and Twitter. They're on huge, huge uh, followings there on Instagram and Twitter, Encore Golf. So check them out and let's get to it. Gary Woodland here on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right. I am very pleased to be joined by my next guest. You've seen him win the U.S. Open at probably the greatest golf course in the entire rotation at Pebble Beach last year, 2019 U.S. Open. Gary Woodland on the line. Gary, what's going on? How's the offseason treating you? Hey,
1: brother. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's nice. You know, We actually kind of had a mini offseason there in the middle of the year this year, which was out of the norm. Um, usually, we don't have much time off. So Uh, enjoyed that break and uh, enjoy this break right now as well
0: yeah yeah it's a significant break and I'm curious when when you have time off like this Gary how do you manage and look at your expectations overall with what you want to accomplish in golf on the tour because I know obviously you got that first major win in 2019 you were on your first President's Cup later that year so how do you manage kind of what your expectations are going forward
1: yeah, you know, this year's a little different. Last year was tough. Like you said, we had the President's Cup. You know, you know I played Tigers Week, Tournament the Week of Four, straight to Australia for the President's Cup. I came home for two weeks, and then it was straight to Maui. So there wasn't much time to get anything done. Right now, I'm scheduled to have seven weeks off. I might play Palm Springs, so maybe six weeks off. So I actually have time to sit down with my coaches. Um, I'm, I went and saw Justin Parsons up in Sea Island two weeks ago. Uh, we kind of got what we need to work on, so now I can come home. Um, doing a little bit of ball testing this week, um, doing a little bit of club, you know, shaft testing with the driver to make sure everything's dialed in. To give myself at least four weeks uh, where I'm not tinkering with anything, where I can just go out and work on my game um, and I'll be ready to go start in January. There, looking forward to that.
0: Definitely, it's always a big month. Well, you mentioned driver shaft and getting that dialed in. What's your process with that, usually, Gary?
1: You know, for me, it's just trying to find the combination. So, right now, you know, Titleist came out with a new golf ball, so I'm testing the new golf ball which looks like I'm going to make the change. I've played a very spinny, tireless golf ball in the past, so I'll be making a change to a a golf ball that's going to launch a little bit higher for me, which will help um, the new Pro B1X, and it'll bring my spin down a little bit. So I can adjust the driver shaft accordingly. Um, I won't need a shaft that really kicks the ball up in the air, and I won't need a driver that has, you know, less spin. So, it'll, it'll be some tinkering. Um, Fortunately, I got people that are smarter than me that that handle that. And I can just go swing a golf club, but there is a lot that goes into it. And it's, it's tough to do that sometimes during the season. So, you know, I got to take advantage of this break during the off season um, and try to get that all done, you know, try to get the golf ball done first. So I'm not trying to test too many things at the same time. And then once I get this golf ball figured out, then we'll jump into the driver. um, And from there, you know, then it's cakewalk and we can get back to working on the game for three, four weeks before I start playing it.
0: Mm. The rest of the game, though, like any other little tinkerings you're able to work on, I guess, with like Phil Kenyon with putting or any, uh, you know, short game or any of that?
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, definitely. And also I'll be talking with Pete Callan through short game. I'll be talking through Phil Kenyon, obviously, with my putting. So that stuff, my practice schedule there is pretty set in stone. Um, The the putting's roughly an hour, depending on a day, depending on how I do all my drills. Short game is, you know, an hour to two hour, like I said, depending on how I'm doing with the performance side of it. Uh, and then the rest of the time for me, I, I don't stand and hit golf balls too much. I'm more out on the golf course trying to see shots, you know, a little more visual. So for me, it's a lot getting a lot of the technical stuff done during this off season, which, um, you know, Phil Kenyon and I have, we have a game plan. Pete Cowan and I have a game plan with a short game. Um, so it's just making sure I'm doing those things right, sending them the results, and then we can adjust the practice schedule accordingly.
0: Yes. And so as you talk about having six, seven weeks off and you're, you have these different things you're working on as well. When does it really ramp up for you, Gary, as you get ready for your your first start of of the calendar year?
1: I think the big deal for me is just making sure I'm seeing improvements each day. You know, I'm not too concerned if I go out and played right now, what my score would be as long as I'm, (laughs) if I'm seeing the driver launch the right direction and I'm seeing the golf ball miss in the right direction. Um, You know, two weeks out from playing, um, especially that last week before I go, I want to start seeing, you know, my scores. I want to start seeing, you know, some low 60s when I'm playing my home course. I want to start seeing making birdies on par fives and, you know, attacking certain things. Um, seeing t- that my game trending in the right direction at that point. Um, but right now I'm just trying to improve the whole aspect of my game. Um, when I start getting that week out before I play, I want to start seeing those scores and, and get back to, to grinding, not thinking about my golf swing and technique as much as I am about scoring.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Scoring, obviously a huge part. Hey, I will never forget Gary talking to you at the Honda Classic in 2017. Uh, it was after one of your rounds and I asked you about superstition for you. What is that like? <laughs> <laughs> you talked about everything from the tape on your hands, which you always have. Um, h- how bad is it for you, Gary, with superstitions?
1: It's, it's funny because when I, to myself, I, I'm like, no, I, I don't have any, but literally, if you ask my caddy, like the stuff that I do, to me, it's a ritual now. It's just, I, I just, I guess I feel comfortable doing the exact same thing all the time, you know, from the, I've marked my golf ball with the same half dollar ever since high school. I, I have tape on my, you know, two fingers. I really, I don't think I could hit golf balls without, it. I've, I've had tape on there for about 20 years now. Um, every day I've hit golf balls. I put my glove on the same way every time I tap it, you know, and if I, if I lose focus before I hit, I back off and I redo my glove again. That's kind of my trigger to make sure I'm mentally in there. And i you know, just, you know, whatever it is, there's a lot of little things that go along with it. <laughs> uh, but my county thinks I'm crazy, but I, I think it's just rituals is what I tell him. But, you know, you only carry five T's in my pocket. You know, I start with 11 golf balls in the golf bag. Um, little things. And he'll mess with me. There's like, I like my zippers closed on the bag. And he'll leave them open on purpose, so it's it's one of those deals where it's 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 a lot of fun. But um, I'm definitely stick to my rituals. I would say, um, day in
0: day out. Yes. Well, you're referring to your caddy, uh, Brendan Little, who's such a good guy, Butchie as he's known uh, on the ranks of caddying. Um, how did that friendship come about? And with his Washington football team playing out of their mind. Are you nervous? Are you nervous about your Chiefs having to maybe, maybe face Alex Smith? Uh, you know, maybe the big one.
1: You know, I love Alex Smith. He was obviously with Kansas City. I was, I was a fan of his for a long time. Um, and I'll tell you what, you talk about comeback stories in sports. Um, his, what he's able to do right now. Uh, I'm a massive Alex Smith fan, so rooting for him. Uh, Butchie Butchy's great for me. Uh, I've known Butchie for a long time. Obviously, he was out there. Uh, when I first started, he was with Mike Weir Um, and then Camillo, Viegas and I are good buddies and he caddied for Camillo for five years. So I was around him in practice rounds. Um, and then really when Camillo split to, you know, to hire his brother, it was the same time Tony Navarro and I split. It was just perfect timing the way it worked out. He, I was looking for a caddy. He was looking for a bag, um, within a two week process there. It kind of fell into place and we've been together over four years now. Um, and hopefully together for a long, long time. He, he works his butt off. He's great for me. He's a big sports guy, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, and he loves to get better. He loves to improve, which, you know, aligns with what I'm trying to do. He works hard. Um, and our communication is great. I think that's a big deal with Cat. He's trusting. He, he's not afraid to tell me something. Uh, he's not afraid to tell me no or, or I need to go here or I need to do this. Uh, and I listen to him. I, I'm one of those guys, you know, a lot of players like to be told what to do. Some guys like to do it all on their own. They just want somebody to carry their bag. I, I like somebody telling me what to do. Let me hit the golf shots. You tell me what to do, and we'll go out and have a lot of fun. And and Butchie's not afraid to tell me what to do and what he thinks. And I think that's why we work together so well.
0: Yes. Well, Butchie, I was talking to him just before this interview, and he told me that you just absolutely loved that Presidents Cup experience. It was your first. A cup, really, to represent the U.S. I know you won it with the Kuchar in 2011, um, that yeah. World Cup. But still, the team room, you're, you're with Tiger Woods as a playing captain. Gary, What did? what's a story from that week that really stands out for you and how much you loved it? You know,
1: a, a lot. You know, really, from the time that, that Tiger selected me as a captain's pick, you know, being able to spend time. I was up in – you know, I, I live down in Delray Beach. I don't go up. Most of the guys are up in Jupiter, and I don't go up there much. But I was going up there and playing golf with, with Tiger and JT and, and Ricky and Patrick Cantlay, you know, the, the five of us were getting together and hanging out and practicing. And, and that's what we don't get. You know, golf is such an individual sport. And, you know, I grew up playing team sports. I've I missed that aspect. And you throw the presence up in there where it's a player. You know, you know I was technically a rookie. So, coach, you know, and then I, I just remember um, the first day and Tiger walks in, we're all down you know, in the team room, and Tiger walks in with his hat backwards and a smile on his face. He's like, guys, what's wrong? You know, he's laughing and joking, and we're like, we're playing horrible. We're getting our butts kicked. You know, he's like, I got the 11 best players in the world with me. I, you know, we're right where we want to be. And he came in with that attitude every day, and we were down every day um, until we ran away on on Sunday in in, uh, in singles. So just his attitude and his his mindset, being able to pick his brain and, and how he prepares for a golf course, you know, him sending text messages, you know, about Real Melbourne, who I, where I'd never seen the golf course, the weeks before, you know what to expect on certain holes. I mean, it's it's fascinating. You see why he's the greatest player we've ever seen, uh, by the way he prepares in his mind. Uh, and it was nice to kind of get behind that. He's he's not one I don't think right now. And JT's been open about it. You know, ever since he's been back playing, he he likes to not help out as much I would say as he used to when he was hurt there for a while. So it's nice anytime he opens up and gives <laughs> us some of those those secrets that have made him so great. Um, you know, we're all ears and. When Tiger talks, you know, he, you know, I think a lot of times in the locker room talking to some of the veterans in the previous Cups that I wasn't part of, Tiger was probably a little quiet because when Tiger talks, he holds the room. Everybody listens. And with him being the captain, he was able to talk and we all listened. And that was, uh, that was really special um, and something I'll, I'll never forget.
0: Absolutely that was was the celebration uh, afterwards. I mean, just it's you never know if it's ever going to be like that again with a playing captain, especially yeah. a, ra- a reigning masters champion gary
1: <laughs> there's no doubt there's no doubt I don't know if it ever happened again, but um uh, i was I was very happy to be part of it
0: yes, well, hey, you've mentioned in the past that your your dad met George Brett and he had always thought, hey, you know. You you meet somebody you look up to. You never know what's gonna happen. The very first time you met Tiger Woods, what was that like for you, Gary?
1: I was in the bathroom at uh, <laughs> um, uh, where was that U.S. Where Open? It? At, <laughs> no, it was the U.S. Open in uh, New York at Bethpage in 2010. um And you know, I I'd obviously only seen him on TV, and I was in the restroom. He walks out of the restroom. We kind of came out of the stall at the same time, and it's always that awkward, you know, you're in the restroom, you don't want to shake somebody's hand, you know, I was just, Hey, and he's like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, uh, good. Nice to meet you. You know, like this is kind of the first time you kind of meet your, your hero or whatever you want to say, not hero, but somebody you'd looked up to for a long time. Um, so that was kind of an awkward first meeting, but you know, we have the same management group. Um, I'm able to spend time with him and be around him. So it's, uh, he is the greatest and, uh, he's great to pick his brain. He's, he's, He's a big Raiders fan. I'm a Chiefs fan. We're in the same division. So, you know, that was the only loss the Chiefs have had in the last 20-some games, and I heard about it all day. So, now he's a he's a Dodgers fan. So, I'm trying to avoid him, you know, with the Lakers winning, the Dodgers winning. He's he's riding this high horse right now. So, I'm going to avoid him until hopefully KU and the Chiefs win again, and then I'll start chirping again.
0: Mm, so, I, I, the trash talk, I, I, obviously, is some of the best uh, with Tiger was, isn't it?
1: No doubt. No doubt. There's a lot of those guys. Like Tiger, Phil. Um, they're not afraid to dish it out. So you, you better be on your on your toes when they're around.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about Tiger, but the Ryder Cup, obviously, you haven't been on a Ryder Cup yet. How much would you want that opportunity, Gary?
1: No doubt. And I, that was obviously a big goal going into this year, um, you know, and I was in very good position there pre-COVID. So it's you get a taste of it and you want more. It's just like winning the U.S. Open. I got a taste of it. I want more of that. Um, I've got a taste of that international team. Um, I want more of that. I I want to be part of that. And You know, look back. You talk to some of these guys, you know, from an individual standpoint, winning major championships are amazing, Um, and that's what, you know, you're remembered by. What they remember about their games was the Ryder Cups and these President's Cup teams and being part of something bigger than yourself, and uh, I look forward to doing that um, in the years to come.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Well, you said you got a taste of uh, obviously a major win and you want more. Like, how do you channel that at this point as you look towards other majors? I mean, I know we talked at Augusta in the past and you you would love a green jacket. I know I know how big that is on on the on the pecking order. But how do you channel that?
1: There's no doubt. I I think the big deal is to make sure I'm surrounded myself with the right people. And, you know, you win one and you can start making changes to your game. Um, For me this year, I kind of got to wash it out because my body just gave up on me. Um, I, I wasn't in any position to play competitively, and I fought through. It was getting cortisone injections, trying to do everything I could just to play in the Masters. I think I had four shots in two mm-hmm. months leading up just to try to get to play in the U.S. Open because it meant a lot to me to defend. And then obviously I wanted to play um, in the Masters, just Masters in November. Um, so my body just wasn't ready. So I, I throw this year out, making sure I'm doing the same things that got me into a position – um, at Pebble Beach, working on my ball striking, making sure it's dialed in, making sure that the short game is there to pick me up when the ball striking's not on, and drive the golf ball and play. And, you know, when I make putts, when I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing when I make putts, I have a good chances to win golf tournaments. And, um, you know, sometimes I can focus maybe too much on putting and, and lose some of the other stuff that gives me into that position. And uh, I, I think I need to focus on ball striking in my short game, making sure I'm and I go out and I can, I can do some
0: great things. Definitely. So you mentioned, so four cortisone shots before the Masters start, like heading into Augusta over two months? Yeah. What was the issue with the body? Like what was, what was, uh, you know, reacting there?
1: You know, I was dealing with, uh, I dealt with a hip injury for a long time. I a torn labrum in the left hip, but for about seven or eight years, I've had that. And I've had injections in the past, but this year I was kind of getting some side effects. The, The hip kind of fell out on me and then you know, the back locks up, my, my body kind of started breaking down and we were just trying to get through it. Um, you know, so it was not something I'd like to do, not something I want to continue to do is, is get injections like that. Um, but it was something I felt like I had to do to play. And, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I'm glad I did it. I I wish I would have taken some time off. Looking back now, it's pretty easy when you miss the car to say, oh, I wish I would have just taken time off and got my body right. Um, but uh, you live and learn and I'm glad my body's feeling great now. Um, We've obviously, I've changed some training program. Obviously I have time off um, to work, make sure my body stays healthy and I don't get in this position again. So uh, hopefully this time off will do that good and you live and learn from the lessons of the past and I'll come out ready to roll in 21.
0: Well, in terms of weight, I know you had lost 30 plus pounds. Like, are you at at the weight you want to be, or are you still moving things around or what's the deal there?
1: I am, and, and initially the, the weight loss was, you know, trying to make it easier on my body. You know, my body was was in pain. I figured if I lost weight, it'd be easier for me, and it, it didn't help, but it did make me feel better. I feel better, you know, you walk around six, seven, eight miles a day. Um, I feel better down the weight. Obviously, I put on some pounds from when I, when I initially lost it so drastically. I'm down about 20 pounds from where I, where I was at the end of the year, a year ago, so I feel better um with the new training and, and the rehab and stuff I'm doing with my back I think I'll be in a better position going forward uh I want to play this game for a long time I don't have an end game I don't have a number to stop I want to play for as long as I can and to do that I need to stay healthy so that's definitely been a big emphasis this whole season
0: huge emphasis I, I got you there hey I want to talk about another passion of yours basketball of course you played in college and I how what do you think about the start for Kansas so far
1: it's it's been interesting. You know, we they were so good last year. Um and, and you lose two studs, two second team All Americans there in in Dotson and Yudoka Zabuki. Um but they got a lot of guys coming back. They had a couple of young kids step up. They're they're young and it's gonna be a roller coaster ride this year, but I think, you know, anytime you got Bill Self at the reins, um they have a senior point guard which is huge. They got some veteran guys kind of mixed in there at certain positions. So it's going to be a roller coaster anytime you're, you're focusing on some young guys in some key positions, but they're deep. Um, they're, they're not as big as they've usually been in the past, but they got enough size and, you know, anytime you get to the tournament, anything can happen. And I think by March, they'll be clicking. So it, it's fun. It's, it's nice to see them play a tough schedule. Uh, they got a couple of huge games coming up um, with some ranked point opponents, the next three games. I think they, they got Texas tech on Thursday, So, um, and then Texas coming right around the corner and West Virginia as well. So they're, they're off and running. They're going to see where their game is stacked up. You know, hopefully everybody can stay safe during these crazy times and, and hopefully these programs can, can keep these kids safe and, and get these kids on the basketball court and give us all some entertainment. Um, Everybody's staying safe. So uh, I think KU come March, will be just fine though.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, you got you three young kids, Jackson, Maddox and Lennox. Have you ever been watching a game where you reacted to a Kansas game and it scared the kids or it scared your wife, Gabby? I mean, like, how emotional do you get?
1: All the time. Uh, every game. My <laughs> wife actually takes the kids out of the room, and, and we were, I was watching the game. Um, well, the last game they played, uh, they played Kentucky um, a, couple, a week ago, and I was screaming at the TV, and I just hear my son – Mommy, what did Daddy just say? (laughs) It was like nothing. These kids need to be out of the room when I'm watching the game. I I get a little emotional. I'm I'm pretty level, even keel. I would say on the golf course, I get pretty emotional watching KU play basketball. So, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully, kids don't learn anything from me wanting to. I'm definitely a pack the reins of my own house.
0: I love it I love it hey so um US Open when you had that trophy and you won it there on that Sunday at Pebble what's the best trash talk you've given out because you've won that trophy like in the days after
1: <laughs> I don't know if you know it was exciting I told Matt Kuchar Matt Kuchar was was you know he's a he's a buddy of mine he, he waited there when I got done um you know which was nice of him and Spieth and JT were all sitting there when I finished on 18 and And Cooch gave me a hug, and I told him, I said, hey, man, someday I'll teach you how to win a major. Um, So that's probably the biggest tracks talk I did. I did an event for Tiger in New York um, later that year, last year. And I got on – I had to go get the trophy to bring it down. Um, They wanted to put it out so people could take pictures with it. And I was – I got a little nervous walking around with the trophy. So I'm kind of – I get on the elevator. I went to my room to get it, and I was bringing it back down to the lobby, and I kind of just put it behind my back elevator and he's in his green jacket what he's like hey what you got one of these the trophy from behind my back so I don't know if it was trash talk as much it was a pretty cool moment um, sitting there with him in his green jacket and me pulling out the Right.
0: sounds like you're breaking up a little bit there Gary can you still hear me bud See, so you're just kind of elevated
1: go- together but uh, um, he's not afraid to give it to me and that was one moment that I, I had over him so
0: <laughs> I love it. That was hey, probably so, it. Yeah. Well, you got to trash talk. Hey, what, what did Kucha respond to when you said I, you'll teach him when a major?
1: Sorry. He uh, he was just laughing. He, he took it. He took it like a champ. Um, you know, that's one thing. If he, he's not afraid to dish it out. So, if you're going to dish it out, you got to be ready to take it. And uh, he definitely dishes it out pretty good. So, he was ready to take that one, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, so as we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you a little bit about practice and warm-up. For you, Gary, and obviously we want to learn as weekend golfers from you, take us through your tournament pre-round practice and range routine.
1: Mine's the same. I'm a big routine guy, so mine's the same every day. Um, I get there, it's about an hour and five minutes, depending on how far the putting green and range is away from each other in the first tee. Um, It's about an hour and five minutes. I start on the putting green, I work, do some... uh, fundamental work on a chalk line, making sure I'm, I'm seeing my sight lines and the ball's coming off properly. Uh, I work on some left to right putts and left, right to left putts. I go through my routine, trying to get the routine down for the day on the putting green. Um, and then when I go, I go straight from there to the driving range. And I have the exact same routine where I go through each wedge, hit four wedges to, I have certain distances. I like to hit the wedges. I have all four wedges that I have in my bag, four balls with each. I moved to the eight iron. I hit 10 eight irons. I moved to a four iron. I hit 10 four irons. Um, I carried a two iron or a five wood, depending on the golf course. So I'll hit two off the ground, two off the tee with that. And I go to the three wood. I hit a cut to draw. And then I hit three tee shots with the three wood, um, five tee shots with the driver. I come back to the eight iron um, and I hit nine balls. I hit low cut, low draw, low straight, and then just go all the way up medium and then high with the eight iron. I hit four sand wedges, and then the last thing I do on the range is I hit the first shot I'm going to hit of that day, whether it's you know an iron off the first tee or a driver. I, I want to go through my routine and and feel that first shot um, to get that out of the way. I'll go hit a couple chip shots, hit a couple bunker shots, and then I head back to the putting green and work on just some speed, some lag putting, um, hit a couple putts, making sure I'm getting the feel for the greens. And then the last thing I do before I go to the tee is I make eight. I hit eight putts, make eight putts um, from right around three feet. I'm not trying to do too much. i not worried about the distance as much as I'm just worried about going through my routine eight times um, before I go to that first tee. So when I get on that first green, I've already gone through my routine numerous times. I know what it feels like, um, and I can just execute the putt from there. So the routine's the same every time. Um, you know, it's down pat. My caddy knows it. I know it. Um, and it just keeps me comfortable from Thursday to Sunday. I wake up no matter how my body feels. I go through the same routine every day, and hopefully that calms me down when I get to the first day.
0: Big time. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. For us weekend golfers, what is a good approach? We get to the course, we have 15 minutes. What should we be focusing on mentally and with our swing?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. I, the big deal is you're not trying to – don't try to hit it too far. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to hit it far, but it's also not fun to reload and hit it out of bounds every hole. So focus on just get the golf ball in play. Make sure you hit a couple putts before you go. You want to get a little speed of those greens down. Um, you know, putting's a, obviously a big deal where you score. You can make a lot of – make dinner taste a lot better than making a birdie on the last hole. So work on that little speed of the greens um, and keep that golf ball in play. You should have a good time.
0: Yeah. we got a couple more minutes here, Gary. I just wanted to ask you, as a father, I mean, obviously you and your wife Gabby went through a tough time there. Um, with, with your son, Jackson was born early, but you, you lost your daughter. It was going to be twins. What was that like to go through that? What did you learn um, during that time?
1: It put life in perspective real quick. Um, you know, we battled, you know, dealt with some IVF um, leading up to that, been unsuccessful. And, you know, the, the big deal was we were there for each other. Uh, I was in, currently, I was playing match play. Um, you know, she, her water broke. She was in the hospital for a couple days. I actually went out and played. Um, our daughter was hanging in there. I went out and played the first round and won. And then I was supposed to play Rory McIlroy the second round of match play. Um, and I got, I was leaving the hospital to go change at the hotel. And my wife called me in tears and I came right back. I, I literally got in the parking lot. Um, and The doctor wanted to talk to us. And it was, they just don't prepare you for that. There's not a book on it. Uh, you know, and losing a child. My wife ended up giving birth the next day um, to our little girl. And, you know, at that point, we didn't really have time to grieve because they told us labor. You know, fortunately, they were in different stages going to labor. My America, our son, did out. And my...
0: Sounds like you're breaking up there, Gary. Can you still hear me, buddy?
1: Yep.
0: Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. Hey, thanks yep. again. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you sharing that. Obviously, as a father, going through a tough thing, but um, really appreciate uh, you coming on and, and giving us some perspective.
1: Appreciate you, brother. All the best. Sorry for the, the phone cutting in out, but uh, happy holidays. Stay safe. We'll see you soon.
0: Appreciate you, buddy. Have Jerry, a great holiday.
1: All the best, brother. Be safe, brother. Thanks.
0: All right, there's some time with Gary Woodland there, and, you know, very nice of him to kind of just, you know, speak from his heart about that situation. They lost his daughter. It was going to be twins, and and Jackson, his son, was the the one that survived of those complications, and really, his wife, Gabby, was in the hospital with Jackson for many months after this. This was early 2017, after uh, April 2017, and so... Man, it was just a tough time, but I remember Gary Woodland, when he won his very next win um, at the Phoenix Open, he pointed up to the sky, and then when they asked him, well, you know, what happened there? Why did you point up there? And he said, you know, I wanted my daughter to know that I love her. And he's giving credit to the life that was his daughter. Um, So just a special thing, Um, you know, Gary really kind of showing us, um, that side of him that you know, we don't see that often he, he often suppresses his emotions when he's on the golf course And he's very much trying to stay focused and, and good for him and, You know obviously it's a tough sport to be wearing a lot on your shoulder But um, in this case uh, of course with the passing of a child any of us who have had that it's it's a tough and heavy thing But um, man Gary's some good perspective there from Gary Woodland and on a lighter note And I love his passion for Kansas basketball. You heard that with his kids, having to get them out of the room because he's so fired up. But we've all been there, right? When our basketball team, our football team has been struggling or it's been a close game. Come on, get the kids out of there. This is Gary Woodland. I think he's totally down to earth, totally relatable. Hope you guys had a better grasp of, of who the person is. And it was very nice for him to share just so many different aspects of his life and of course, we know him as a U.S. Open champion, but there's so much depth to Gary Woodland. So check him out more. Check him out more on your fantasy golf team. Hopefully, he gets healthy here and ready for the, I guess, the 2021 portion of this regular season that they're in. Hopefully, he gets to where he wants to be. But interesting to hear more about his weight loss and where, what, what the goal was with that. It was drastic when we saw it. and It was the opposite of Bryson DeChambeau when we saw it. But anyway, a little more context. Great to hear that from the horse's mouth from Gary as he talks about kind of game planning going ahead here, but anyway, anyway, I'm going to have some great audio sound clips. I'll be putting on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Garrett Johnson Golf. Follow the podcast at Beyond the Clubhouse Podcast, and then Twitter as well. We'll be doing some audiograms on Twitter at Johnson Garrett, and then as well for the podcast at Beyond Clubhouse. Listen, there's going to be some awesome guests coming up here. There's some other ones as well I'm excited about. Stick with me here on Beyond the Clubhouse and enjoy the holidays, guys.